Hello everyone, I'm Ryan Burnham. And I'm Cindy Halstead. And welcome to the first season of the We Want More podcast. We want to bring you real conversations, meditations, and share a little bit of the history of We Want More. We look forward to growing and learning in this beginning season with you. Thank you for joining us. Hello and welcome to the We Want More podcast, everyone. This is Bruce, and thank you for joining us for Recalibrate, a time of reflection, contemplation, and meditation from a biblical worldview. Each Recalibrate is a little different, but each designed to provide you with a reflective time to receive, realign, and recalibrate your heart and mind to that of God's. There's no need for you to do or say anything except to quiet your mind and heart. You may want to have something to write with, a journal or notepad as you pray and consider and reflect on some of the scriptures and questions we'll use. Otherwise, just sit back and relax. And as we begin, first notice any thoughts that may be racing through your head right now. Notice how your body feels. Are there places you are holding tension or anxiety? As we pray to begin, simply take a few deep breaths in and out to help you relax. Father, I pray that your spirit would minister to the heart of this listener, that you would bring light where it's dark, comfort where there is pain, encouragement where there is despair, wisdom with choices, clarity where there might be confusion, and a renewed hope and sense of the reality of your presence and goodness. Amen. In the midst of this unique season in history, where we are often hearing divisive rhetoric being unleashed, where changes are being considered, and where hope is restrained, but still remains, where love seems to remain distant, our hearts cry out for peace and justice. Not a retributive justice which says, imprison those who do wrong but like we see modeled in the parable of the wounded Samaritan, a restorative justice, which redemptively speaks to our soul saying, let me extend myself to others in love, generosity, and grace to provide that which others don't seem to deserve. That is grace. And that is the goodness and gospel of our God and Father in action. 
Two millennia ago, Jesus came into our mess. He literally and symbolically came into the world, into a mess, a foul-smelling, dirty, uncomfortable, and messy manger. He did so in the name of love, and he came to model incarnational love of the Father, to reveal life and life abundantly. He came to show us forgiveness without bounds, truth that clarifies and penetrates, and justice that is full of mercy, a compassion that is boundless, an unmerited grace that is lavish. And then he graciously and lovingly invited us to become part of his family and part of his redemptive, loving, other-centered nature and character, which compels and invites us towards his ultimate plan of making his invisible kingdom visible through tangible acts of love and compassion, kindness, generosity, healing, and justice. It's a plan that allows us to be part of renewing and reweaving the fabric of society and helping bring restoration, reconciliation, hope, and wholeness. Can you imagine Christ in us, the hope of glory? And yet so often we feel small or like our efforts are too passive or insignificant. We're unsure of how to enter into the pain of this world or others, especially in our busyness. And sometimes our worth and value slip into being measured by our performance, our acceptability, our relational acumen, our position or status. And yet here we are, called, loved, delighted in, and supported by all the resources of heaven and is God's extravagant, limitless grace in our weaknesses. With a good, good Father cheering us on to be all he believes we can be and all he created us to be, and yet sometimes it's just enough to get out of bed or take one more step and get back on the horse and enter the race once again and to try once again. In just a minute, as we read scriptures affirming God's love for you, your identity and calling in Him, allow your heart and mind to receive the truth of who you are and who God says you are. First again, just take several breaths and release any stress, busyness, or pressure you may be feeling and allow your Heavenly Father to care for you and to speak to the deepest places of your soul that you might know and experience that He sees you, He cares for you, and He is for you. He invented love and He is in fact love. So as I read these scriptures to you, consider what, do they, what they mean to you personally. In John 4, we read these verses written by a man whose condition 
was significantly gentled over his years of friendship with Jesus. John, a former son of thunder, as he was called, wrote in 1 John, we love because he first loved us. And he continues by saying, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And in Romans 5 we read, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we are still sinners, running from him, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's just anger through him? So something for you to consider. Do you ever assume a particular failure or pattern of failure has disqualified you from God's love? What if it's true that he isn't shocked at your weaknesses, that he knows you, he loves you, and in fact wants to strengthen you by his grace in your weaknesses? What if Rather than being mad at you, he wants you to experience his healing, his life, and love. His greatest desire is for you to become all he created you to be. Whenever you think that you have done something to separate yourself from God's love, or perhaps you need to be or do something more to be loved by God, Remember that nothing can separate you from God's love. We nearly need to be reminded that God's love is without conditions daily. It is, in fact, more than unconditional. It is contra-conditional. It's against conditions. There are none. It is forever. It is perfect and he has sealed your heart with his affections for you by the presence of his very own life and spirit. He wants you. We all feel moments of being alone, rejected, ashamed, or guilty. We can feel hopeless, anxious, out of control, or weak or simply insufficient for the task or challenges at hand. But God says to us through Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. So therefore we can actually talk about our weaknesses. We can be vulnerable so that in that Christ's power may rest on us. Paul had this 
experiential reality and courage to say he could delight in weaknesses, difficulties, and even insults because he experienced God's grace in his weakness, saying, when I am weak, then I am strong. So when you blow it, when you are weak or frail, or when you fail, what do you get from your Heavenly Father? You literally get more grace. Can you imagine? Now if I ask, how do you think God sees you? And what does He think of you? You may immediately go to your faults or places of shame, insufficiency, and guilt. So then how does he see you? How does Jesus see you? Well, he wants us to know. And so he wrote it and told it to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesians where it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So as a good father, he gave us these scriptures so we would know how he thinks and feels about us and the understand the lengths to which he went on our behalf. There are profound truths in Ephesians 3, and they continue. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And you are also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's treasured possession to the praise of his glory. For we, you and I, are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God our Father has adopted us and sees us not just as his treasured possessions and not just as unique masterpieces, each absolutely individual and different and unique. But he adopted us and loved us as sons and daughters with unique, remarkable purpose and calling. 
Given these truths, let's move to a time of reflective prayer. As I ask these questions, for your own time to reflect upon and contemplate, ask God, Father, what do I lean on and into for acceptance more than your acceptance of me? Another way to pray that might be, Father, from where besides you do I get my sense of acceptance and worth? And now ask him, God, is there a lie I am believing about how you see me? Is there a lie I am believing about how you see me? And you might ask, is there a lie or something I need to give to you and release to your care? And if there is, simply list them out if there's many or speak them out and picture yourself giving them to God or talking to God about them. And as you give that lie or untruths or perhaps blocks in your relationship with him, as you give them to God, ask him, Father, what truth do you want me to know about how you see me? What truth do you want me to know about how you see me? And then ask, is there something I need to receive from you? Father, is there something my heart needs to receive from you? And then pray, Father, or you could pray, Jesus, what do you think or feel about me? If you're hearing a voice encouraging you towards loving him, others, or yourself, 
then it's probably his. But if you're hearing condemnation or shoulds that you should do, it's more likely wounded parts of your past still causing you to feel you can gain acceptance, love, and worth through your performance. If so, consider taking some time to find a Bible or open a Bible app and look up Ephesians 3 again. Reread the truths, and you can also look into calling us at We Want More for Prayer. In the meantime, let me close us in prayer, and we look forward to our next time together. Father, thank you that we are made in your image and you want to extend your love in us and through us each day. Would you show us how to be grateful for what we have? Would you show us acts of kindness and acts of justice we can take even this day? And our families and our communities in our cultures. I pray you continue to remove the hurts, the lies and blocks in our hearts that tend to pull us away from loving you, others, and ourselves well. Amen.